Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yannion. Today's subject is called Otherwise Minded. What does this mean? There's little things we often disagree on as Christians, but sometimes we make them into major issues. Don't make mountains out of molehills. Don't take small areas of disagreement. Separate yourself from other people. Learn to get past that and understand one day God will straighten all of us out. In the meantime, let's get along, win souls, and make disciples out of Christians. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. So glad to have you today. I'm going to be teaching out of the book of Philippians today. In fact, what I'm offering is my book on the subject of the book of Philippians. Uh, this is, It's got Philippians on there and my name at the bottom, although I didn't write the book of Philippians. Paul wrote it. This is my rendition and my look and interpretation into the book of Philippians. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. And today we're going to be talking out of chapter three. So go ahead and turn to chapter three. We're going to take a look at verses 12 through 16. And while you're finding that, let me just say thanks for watching. If this is your first time to join us on Student of the Word, welcome. We're glad to have you here today. And uh, my broadcast isn't like a lot of others. I kind of stand unique in the fact that I'm a pastor, have been a pastor for 33 years, uh, stepped down a number of years ago, and I just carry this thing on. I'm still a pastor. In fact, people that see me say, hi, Pastor Bob. They say, oh, maybe I shouldn't call you pastor. I said, oh, no, I'm always a pastor. I think even in heaven, I might still be called Pastor Bob. I don't know. It's just a title that God is uh, put in the word of God that's applied to me. But I said also, you know, past presidents are still called presidents. So if I'm a past pastor, I'm still a pastor. And that's the way I feel in my life. And I continue to uh, teach the word of God. As a pastor, I had to teach Old Testament, New Testament, every topic you could think of. And I went through it. And so that's what I use here on the broadcast. I teach any subject and we open up the word of God, talk about it. But my gift has always been to take that which seems complicated and make it simple. That's my calling. And I'll tell you what, lots of people like it because the broadcast keeps growing and growing in popularity and also just in numbers who watch and numbers who of people who become involved in the ministry. And what I mean by that is they become a partner with me. I'd like to ask, you've been watching for some time. If you've been watching, you you know, 10, 12, 15 broadcasts and you'll be getting, you now you're, now you're hooked on it. You really like the word of God. You become a word junkie. And so now you want to really continue on with the Word of God, but you'd like to become a partner with Him, please do so. Say, so, well, I, I think partners are probably those that give a lot of money. You just give as you purpose in your heart. And I mean, I've got people that give very little. I've got people that give quite a bit. I've got people that give huge amounts. But the point of it is, you know, you put all that together and it brings great, great, tremendous uh, ministry opportunities to me, opening things up, new places to minister, new places to go preach, new places to become, uh, put broadcasts on, new books to put out. All this goes back right into the work of God and the money that you put in here goes to begin to bless other people. And not only do people get saved by watching this broadcast, but most of them actually go on to become great uh, partners with God and become um, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, if you'd like to become a partner with me, please go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place on there where you can become a partner. And listen, that website is filled with all kinds of stuff that'll tremendously bless you. And so again, you know, find out, avail yourself of all that I have to offer. Philippians chapter three, let's take a look at verses 12 through 16 
I was teaching in the church one Wednesday night. In fact, uh, Sunday mornings, I took topics. Sunday night, I took Old Testament. And Wednesday nights, I took the books of the New Testament. And I was teaching through Philippians. And I got to this particular verse of scripture, Philippians chapter three. And when I got to verse 15, in fact, I'll, I'll mark it for you here as we go through. Let's start with verse 12. Paul says here to the congregation after uh, two and a half chapters of talking about the basic doctrines of the word of God, he simply comes to this part. Now, what if we go beyond basic doctrines? things that are necessary for the Christian life. What about these other areas we might get into disagreements on? Notice what Paul says here in verse 12. This is an amazing statement from Paul. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. He said, I still have a ways to go. That's why he says the next verse, uh, next phrase, but I press on that I may lay hold on that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. You know what he said here? I have not arrived. I would think if anybody can say I've arrived, it was Paul. But as much as he knew, it simply comes back to this. The more you know, the more you find out you don't know. More knowledge doesn't just mean you've approached and, and come to a goal. No more knowledge just simply shows you how much further you still have to go and you never ever will arrive in this lifetime. Never will you reach a point of knowing everything. In fact, I think throughout all eternity, we'll still be learning. And Paul just simply got got real in this verse of scripture saying, don't look at me like I know everything. Don't put more on me than I can handle. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or to have arrived. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching toward those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I forget the mistakes of the past. I forget the sins of the past. I don't wallow in the mistakes I have made because I have made plenty of them is what he's saying. I keep on pressing forward. If I do something wrong, if I sin, I confess it and keep on going. If I get off track, I confess it, come back on track and keep on ongoing, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call or the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Look at this next verse, verse 15. Let us therefore, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree we have already attained, let us continue to walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Whatever you have done to get to this level, don't start looking for something else. Don't trade horses here. You know, don't change horses in the middle of the stream. Don't take one method, put it off the side and go for something else. Know whatever your level you have attained to, it's been working. Keep on doing the same thing. Keep on pressing and going forward. But notice verse 15. Let us therefore, as many as are mature, no one has reached full maturity, but he says those who are the mature ones in the body of Christ, who have come to the same conclusion, let's have the same mind. And if anything, you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. You know what Paul is saying in this verse of scripture? What Paul is saying is this, I know a lot, but there's things I still don't know. And there's things you know and things we don't know. Quit making major deals out of the small issues of the Christian life. And this is the problem with so many Christians. I had Christians join our church and, you know, they would be there for maybe a year or two, something like that, and tell me, oh, this church is wonderful, enjoying this. And one day they came to me and one lady said, I'm quitting the church. I said, why? She said, I never knew you believed that. And I said, what? And she told me, because I was teaching on marriage at the time, she pulled out something and said, I would have never come here if I'd known that because I disagree with that. And I, and I mean, she turned around, walked off, and I didn't, I didn't even know who she was. I asked some of those people around, do you know who that lady was? 
And they took one leg going guy said, I know her name is, is such and such. So I went and looked her up, had my secretary bring me her information. I just sent her a note. And I said, so sorry to hear that, you know, you disagreed with what I had to say. I said, I'm not saying I know everything. And I'm not saying that what I taught that you apparently disagreed with was a taught the right way or whatever. But I said, this, this is what I want to assure you. And I said, uh, whatever church you go to, would you give that pastor more of a break than you gave me? Because one day he'll gonna, he's going to teach on something you disagree with. And you're going to face this again. And I said, if you don't get this settled, you can go from church to church to church looking for a perfect church with a perfect pastor. And we don't exist. There is no such thing as a perfect pastor on this earth. If you're looking for a perfect pastor, you'll meet him when you get to heaven. If you're looking for the perfect music department, you'll find it in heaven. Perfect music director, that's the angels of heaven. But down here, you're going to have people who still make mistakes, are still progressing, and quit putting more on us than we are capable handling. I trust when you came to our church that you were led by the Holy Spirit. And I simply want you to do this. Whatever church you're going to now, make sure you're led by the Holy Spirit. And if they if they bring up something you don't agree with, stay with them because that's where the Holy Spirit would have you go. But if the Holy Spirit guided you to our church, don't you think the Holy Spirit knew ahead of time we would disagree and yet this was still the church you're supposed to come to? A couple of weeks later, she came right back to the church. She said, I got your note, thank you. She said, you know what? God did lead me to this church. And yes, I did let that interfere. And I still want you to know something. I still disagree with you. I laughed. We put our arms around each other. I thanked her for coming back. And she stayed at the church for quite a few years after that. The point of it is, and in fact, I even told her, I promise you, if I ever change my mind, I'll tell you. But if you ever change your mind, would you tell me? And she said, yes. So we laughed about it and we got past it. You know what that verse says again? He says that we are as many as mature should have this mind. If in anything, that's in anything beyond the real basics. If you start disagreeing with me on the fact that Jesus is the only way to heaven, we have a real problem. If you start disagreeing with me that God is really the only God and there's, and there's, you got to think there's other gods out there, we have a real problem. But when you start getting to things, are we eternally secure or not? Let's let the Lord handle that. Okay. If you don't agree with me on that, then let's just just agree to disagree. If you disagree with me on certain things. In fact, when I taught this verse on a Wednesday night in our church, when I got to that verse of scripture where it says, uh, let us therefore, as many as are mature, have this mind. If in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it to you. I said this to them. We all have small areas of disagreement. And I said, this verse is saying we're all going to have that. And it simply says that if in anything you be otherwise minded, let God reveal it to you. Just go on and put your arms around somebody and trust that God's going to reveal it to you or God's going to reveal it to them. And one day you'll come back together and you'll be able to talk it out. In the meantime, it's not a heaven or hell issue. And I said, in fact, to this whole group, about 300 people there that night, I said, have I ever taught anything you disagree with? I said, hold your hand up. Every hand went up. I was shocked. <laughs> In fact, I was hurt. I thought, I expect a few people, but everybody had something to disagree with me on. And I said, what is it? And one lady yelled out, well, you don't think our pets go to heaven? And I mean, yeah, all the women started saying, yes, yes, yes. And so I laughed. I finally had to laugh with everybody. I says, look, if we get to heaven, your pets are there. I'll tell you, you that, you know, you were right. But if we get to heaven, your pets aren't there. Will you tell me I'm right? I, I was right. And most of the women said, no, we won't agree with that. We won't tell you that. that. I mean, it came down to personal issues, but we all had a good laugh that night. And it simply comes back to this. Quit distancing yourself from other ministers or other people in the body of Christ. And this verse says, why don't you strive not 
not to be otherwise minded, not to make this one thing something you put in front of you like a pair of glasses and all you can see now from that time on is your pastor up there and all you see is this one area you disagree on. And the sad thing is you're not listening to what he has to say today because you are literally examining him. You're looking at him through tainted glasses and all you can see is the one area of disagreement. Get past it and don't be otherwise minded. Let God reveal it and simply roll it off on him. Unless the doctrine again is salvation by some other name than Jesus or salvation by all other names, including Jesus, or we're born into this life already saved, that's called universalism. That has seemed to be sweeping the body of Christ today. Unless it's something major like that, until that time, we can all get along. We can all agree on the fundamentals. The fundamentals include the Great Commission, seeing people saved, seeing new converts become disciples. All these things are so important in the body of Christ. And not only do, do uh, you know, congregational members disagree with the pastor or among each other, but I've seen so many ministers disagree with each other and it's fine to disagree if we wanna sit down and discuss them, but you know what? I've got ministry friends, we can sit down and discuss these issues and walk away with our arms around each other, laughing with each other and say, one day we'll understand. One pastor friend of mine doesn't believe in the rapture, but you know what? That's not a heaven or hell issue. You don't have to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and then confess that you believe in the rapture of the church. I do believe in it. I said, tell you what, I'm thoroughly willing to wait till we're both flying through the air to say, see, I told you so. And we both laugh about that. He says, well, if we don't fly through the air, I'll tell you, see, I told you so. In the meantime, guess what? We get along because we have something greater than to argue over these issues. We have souls to get born again, people to become discipled and to make the body of Christ a little more mature today than it was yesterday. See you right after halftime. The main themes of the book of Philippians are joy in the Lord, and partnership between believers. In Troas, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia calling him to come and preach the gospel. Paul began his ministry in this area in the Roman colony of Philippi before moving on to other cities. In his letter to them, Paul expresses his thanks and appreciation to the people in Philippi who stood by him as partners with their prayers and financial support. In this verse-by-verse -verse teaching through the book of Philippians, Pastor Bob Yandian teaches from his personal study notes to give you greater insight into the church at Philippi and the topic of God's joy, which is the strength of our Christian life. To order this New Testament commentary on Philippians, visit bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, 
come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 15 says this again, Let us therefore, as many as are mature, have this mind. What this verse is saying is when it comes to small differences between each other, it takes a mature Christian to look at these things and understand it's a small issue. Ask yourself a question on what you disagree with some other believer on, because believe me, in a church, we can have so many disagreements on small issues. But the major things are we need to believe in this. Jesus Christ is the one and only means of salvation. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but by me, he meant it. And so we have to become dogmatic on that. There is no other way into heaven. If a person says, well, I believe that you can go to heaven by believing in Jesus, but you know what? You need to have works attached to it too. No, that's not true. For by, for by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So oftentimes we get off into arguing about, well, should you be water baptized to be saved? No, but you need to be water baptized to tell people that you have been saved. It's an outward show that you have truly received Jesus as Lord and Savior. But God doesn't need your water baptism. People need to see you water baptized because it's that, again, assurance. It is that outward stamp that you have with them a work that you do in front of them so that they will know that you truly are saved. Others say, well, I don't think you can go to heaven unless you tithe. Well, there's nothing in the Bible about that. The poor thief on the cross had no time to be water baptized and didn't get off the cross to give a tithe. In fact, he probably was broke on the cross because probably the jailers took all the money from him, kept it for themselves. Again, we come back to it again. If it's not a heaven or hell issue, simply do what this verse of scripture says here. And that is don't be otherwise minded. Don't let it, let it become a big thing. Let God reveal this to you or or to them. And in other words, we can get along with each other. And when we get to heaven, I like to think of it this way. The reason why we're going to be in heaven forever is God got to, God's got to straighten all of us out because we all have something that we believe in that probably isn't right. I can tell you this, the longer I've been born again, some things I've looked back on and go, I used to believe this and now I don't believe that. I was raised believing certain things. And after a while, I found out that just wasn't true. The more I studied the word of God, I found out my Baptist friends over here or Methodist friends or, or you know, some other denomination saw it better than I do. A book that perhaps was by an author I didn't quite agree with opened up something I had never seen before. We need to stay open as Christians and understand if God's gonna reveal it to me, he'll reveal it through people or by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. In other words, life is too short to sit around discussing and dividing ourselves from other Christians over minor issues. We have a great thing to cooperate around, go into all the world and preach the gospel. In fact, Jesus gave that command to a group of people and said, go ye in the King James. Ye is plural. He didn't say go you into all the world because you can't go into all the world. You can go into your world, but if he speaks to all of us as ye, we can all go into our world and cover the world. So, Again, unless the doctrine is salvation by some other name than Jesus or salvation by all other names, including Jesus, or as universalism is teaching today, when we're born into this life, we're already saved because Jesus died for everybody and we've all been reconciled. Well, yeah, God sees us as reconciled, but we have to come personally and be reconciled to him. We have to receive that reconciliation. It comes down to it. God has done everything he can do. The next part is up to us to receive what he has done. So until that time we can all fellowship 
and we can agree on the fundamentals. And you know what? When you go to heaven, God's not gonna say, why should I let you in here? And you say, well, I got saved, but I was also water baptized. God said, that's what I was looking for, come on in. Water baptism has nothing to do with you going to heaven, has nothing to do with you taking communion elements or again, joining a particular church or having a particular you know, Bible in your hand. One guy told me one day, unless you have the King James, you're not really even saved. I thought, well, what did they do before the King James? It didn't come out till you know hundreds and hundreds of years after Jesus was here. And so again, it comes back to it again. Uh, all that's required to go to heaven is to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And if that's enough to get you into heaven, it ought to be enough for me to be able to fellowship with you and all these other things that go beyond that. We'll get that straightened out either in this life as God reveals it to us or one day when we get to heaven. So until that time, we can all fellowship and agree on the fundamentals. And again, let me recover the fundamentals. We need to spread the gospel. Jesus didn't look at that group out there in front of him and say, go into all the world, you and you and you. The rest of you still have more stuff to get straightened out in your life. No, as long as they were believers and somewhat mature, he gave the great commission to all of them. And he said, go you into all the world and preach the gospel. That's in Mark chapter 16. But then Matthew chapter 28, he gave the second part of the great commission, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching them. So the double part of the great commission we can all agree on is we need to get people saved and then we need to stick with them long enough to see them become a disciple, get them involved in a church, us helping them become disciples. That's what God has asked us to do. Seeing new converts become disciples is really what God's called me in the ministry for. I love to see people get saved, but my greatest joy, my greatest thrill is to see after they're saved that their life begins to now make sense. They become stable Christians in this earth. And my whole thing is, yes, God wants us saved, but he wants us to move beyond that because God's greatest joy is not just seeing a person saved, it's seeing them become stable. What the world needs is not just more converts, they need to see stable converts. And that's what the word of God does to you. I trust through this broadcast, you're becoming more stable. And as you become more stable, you're able to bring more people into the kingdom and also see them become stable through the teaching of the word of God. It's not just you that does it. No, it's the power of God, the power of the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, we see these things together in our life. So what God's desire for us is that we live above sin and we become living witnesses for him. Again, this verse of scripture says, as many of you as be mature, think this way. It takes a mature believer to look at another believer and realize I disagree with you on this particular doctrine, but I'm not gonna let it stand in the way of our fellowship, our call to witness, and our call to make uh, converts into disciples. That takes maturity to really look at somebody and say, you know what, we're gonna argue about this, but let's do it behind the scenes and we'll discuss it, but I don't wanna argue it. And if we walk out of that room and still don't agree on it, why don't we just wait for the Lord and the Holy Spirit to either in this lifetime show it to us or one day when we get to heaven. So let me just give you some other things that people get all upset about. Things I, I, I agree with or don't agree with, that somebody else agrees with or doesn't agree with. Let's talk about them. Jesus will greet us into heaven and again, straighten out all of our doctrines at that time once we are in heaven. But let's just talk about it. Some people wanna argue about this. How old is the earth? Some people say the earth is only 6,000 years old. I think it's older than that. I don't know how old it is, but I think that there was a time on this earth before Adam was here, there was something on this earth that was here. When, when Satan fell, it was before the Garden of Eden that we know of, that Adam was in, but when he was cast out of heaven, he was thrown to the earth below and caused distress among the nations that were here. There was some kind of nations here. 
already some of you are going, what are you talking about? I believe that. I believe there's Bible evidence of it, but you know what? It doesn't make a hill of beans worth a difference in this life. It has nothing to do with salvation. It has nothing to do with our daily Christian walk. In fact, the Bible mentioned it in such a few places to simply show from God he wants us to be aware of it, but there's no need to study it. No need to read books about it all the time and get caught up in something that happened a long time ago that God will straighten out one day and probably show us what was here before the time of Adam on this earth. Where did the giants come from? Genesis chapter six, the opening verses. And those verses are so controversial. People divide over that thing, get on one side or the other. The point of it is the time of the giants was here and is gone. And God will explain it all day, one day when we get to heaven. Do you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with tongues to go to heaven? The answer is no, but some people want to argue about it and teach on it and make sure that you see it. And they'll say, well, you're not going to go to heaven unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, that poor thief on the cross died before the day of Pentecost. And Jesus said to him, today, you'll be with me in heaven. But again, if you still believe that, fine, let's go on. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to go back to that first part. You've been born again, given your life to Jesus, confessed him as your savior, confessed him as your Lord. Yes, you truly have been born again. Is healing and the supernatural for today? Argue, argue, argue. People on both sides. The point of it is I believe in healing. I believe in the supernatural. But if you're a Christian and you die sick and don't believe in healing, you're still gonna go to heaven. Even healing is just temporary in this earth. It's to help us live a little longer, live in some health so that we can spread the gospel. But if you die early and go to heaven, I'm gonna rejoice that you're in heaven. And maybe one day when I see you in heaven, you'll go, you know what? I think you are right. There was healing on this earth during the time we live in. Are we eternally secure or not? I believe we are. But if you don't, let's just agree to disagree and let's go do what God's called us to do. And why don't we give this to the Lord and let him answer it at the right time? Put your faith and trust in God. God will reveal it to you. Do you believe in the rapture? I believe in the rapture, but there's people actually that would leave our church because I believed in the rapture and they didn't believe in it. And the point of it is, it's not a question of heaven or hell. You're not gonna go, the Bible doesn't say believe on Jesus Christ as Lord and confess the fact that there's going to be a rapture of the church. I believe there is. But if you don't, that's fine. Let's wait and see it all unfold because you know what? Whether you believe it or not, it's all gonna unfold as God has designed it to unfold. Are you pre, mid, or post-tribulational as far as the rapture is concerned? And we all argue about that. You know what the main thing is? You don't have to believe in either one of those three to get into heaven. You just believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord, is your Savior, and you accept him. Does the believer need to confess his daily sins? I believe you do. But some people not say, no, all your sins were covered when you got saved. And if you sin after that, it was already covered by the fact that you got saved. I don't believe in that. I believe there can be a daily confession. First, John 1, 9, if you, if you commit a sin as a Christian, you need to take it to the Lord and confess it. But if you don't believe in that, then fine. Let's just put our arms around each other, win souls, make disciples out of them, and let's find out when we get to heaven whether that was true or not. We can discuss these issues behind closed doors. We can be divided in private and walk out in unity. How important is that? This again comes back to the importance of walking in fellowship and walking in power and walking in unity in the body of Christ. One thing that Philippians tells us and Paul told us in other words, we are to strive for the unity of the faith in the bond of peace. 
In other words, let's keep peace among us. Let's keep the unity among us because we're always gonna be divided on certain issues. No one knows everything except Jesus. He's the only one that walked in this earth that knew everything. Probably the closest to him would be the apostle Paul. And he wrote the verses we're discussing here in Philippians chapter three and said, I don't know everything. He says, there's a certain way I've walked in my life and I found it at work. He said, I'm not gonna switch and go to some other plan. I'm sticking with this. He said, if there's anything I don't understand and you don't understand, why don't we let the Lord answer that in life? And if he doesn't answer it in life, he's gonna answer it in eternity. What's the most important thing that we have as Christians? Each other, members of the body of Christ. Let's walk in unity together. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.